My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. Well, thank you for sticking around. Cassie, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, talk about your what it is that you do and what you cover and and for whom, and then we'll get into the weeds of what's going on in your neck of the woods and some of the stories that you're covering. Western Maryland is where I grew Do you let me ask you this. Do you consider Hagerstown Western Maryland? Yes, I okay. do. I don't think Hagerstown considers Hagerstown uh, Western Maryland anymore, but I do. I don't know what Hagerstown considers itself, but nonetheless, it's my uh, it's my hometown. I love it, and uh, my family is all there, and I'm proud of my hometown. And they 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 have uh, every community has its own set of struggles and issues, but there are they're growing and they have good leadership for the most part, and uh, I'm I'm proud of my roots. So tell us a little about you. Yeah, I do want to say Hagerstown is really changing very rapidly and um, getting better all the time. I'm in touch with some folks there. I know there's two Black women who are running for city council in Hagerstown, and they're really revolutionary, and there's lots of activists there. So I do anticipate um, Hagerstown really rapidly kind of coming uh, into its own. But a little about me, my name's Cassie Conklin. I live in Cumberland. Um, I cover a bunch of different stories for a bunch of different papers. Um, I do a lot of reporting at Frostburg State University. Uh, I've covered um, issues related to police brutality and transparency there. Right now I'm focused a lot on um, the coronavirus uh, and social justice movements for them. Um, I cover a lot of human interest stuff for uh, the Cumberland Times News, my hometown paper, which I just love so much, and Allegheny Magazine. Um, but the big project I'm working on these days is I um, am a Preserving Democracy and Voting Rights Fellow oh. with the Ground Truth Project. And that project, the Ground Truth Project, is a really important um, news organization. They run the Report for America Corps program that puts over 250 uh, journalists into small newspapers all around the country. Um, and so I'll be doing that reporting with 100 Days in Appalachia out of Morgantown. So covering lots of things. What I like, and we have not yet met in person because we met through, I think, the internet, uh, either Twitter or Facebook. And we, um, we really hit it off because I am such a strong supporter of local media. I am a strong supporter of journalists aspiring and otherwise who go out and put their hats down and ask the tough questions and write the stories it's it's not an easy job and i i look at someone here in montgomery county like caitlin peets who covers the board of education for uh in montgomery county for bethesda magazine bethesda beat she's she's phenomenal she's an excellent reporter there's so many folks in fact i interviewed greg larry 
um, up up in on the Cumberland Times News. I think that's his name. Okay, is he still there? Is he still yeah, around? Greg, Greg Larry's still with the Times. Okay, well he came on and talked politics about everything that we, a couple of years ago he came on and. He's a fascinating guy, and I think he has a band that he that he plays in uh, out of his. Uh, yeah, you're you're laughing, but he he's a really Night, unique Night guy. Traveler. Night Traveler makes its rounds. Night Traveler, okay. It, and you live in? Do you live in Cumberland? Yeah, I do, and really, I live within probably a mile and a half of Greg. Okay, Cumberland is a cool town. It's it reminds you like of an old Midwestern town but it's you 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 drive down the hill on 68 into the city of cumberland and it's such a picturesque place there's incredible promise and like any western maryland community jobs have left the area it it relies on only a few industries for for work and it's um it's a culture that if you aren't used to it it can be shocking at first especially for women or for uh, people of color, and but I think that folks like yourself who can tell the stories, and that's what journalism is all about, is telling people's stories, bringing that out in people. So uh, what what's going on? What is happening? <laughs> what are some of the stories that the rest of the state should know is happening in, let's say, Allegheny or Garrett? We'll start with Allegheny. Yeah. Washington, uh, I, I think I have that covered, but in Allegheny specifically, not a not a place that gets a whole lot of statewide news, unless you have a the governor comes up or somebody of note comes up. But Cassie, you've been covering, I think, the Board of Education, right? Yeah. So um, the Board of Education race here in Cumberland or in Allegheny County, really. Um, in 2020 is really contentious. Um, And the groundwork for that was laid in 2018. Um, In 2018, there were four seats up um, because of some folks who had been appointed and things like that, but four seats were up. And there were these three men, um, Dr. David Bond, Robert Farrell, and Wayne Foote, who decided to run as a block, which is highly unusual that three candidates would formed together. I mean, they were on signs, they were putting policy out together. I mean, it was a bona fide block. Um, And they all got elected. And one of them in particular, um, Bob Farrell is on the Republican Central Committee. So, you know, fairly well connected. One of them, David Bond, is a chiropractor. So, you know, folks that were well known. Um, And they were elected alongside another woman named Deb Frank. Um, and so that left us at the Board of Education with two women and three men. And these three men were particularly sexist and continue to be, which is how we're getting here to 2020. Um, but one of them in particular, Wayne Foote, um, had been accused of sexual harassment um, it, when he was a, a, a teacher at Fort Hill High School here in the county. Um, and his remarks continued um, against his his two female counterparts on the Board of Ed. And actually, in the, in the last year, he was removed by the State Board of Education because of this misconduct. Hmm. So the remaining two <laughs> block members, um, you know, continue really to be obstructionists on the board. Um, and now one of them is up for election. And one of the women that um, that they 
seemed to feud with. Her name is Tammy Fraley. She's the president. Um, the two of them running right now is becoming really very contentious. So just this week, the Times News, for example, ran a story about um, Bonn and Farrell not wearing masks, COVID-19 mm. face masks, in, in defiance of the governor's order. And the Times News asked Tammy Fraley for a statement, uh, and she gave one. Um, and what ensued was a day of bashing on the local radio stations. Um, both Bonn and Farrell were interviewed. They said incredibly sexist things on our local radio station. Um, what were some of their comments that they made? Yeah, so um, in particular, they have an associate whose name is um, Bernie Miltenberger. Oh, I know who um, that is. He's uh, he's a guy that hangs out on Facebook, and <laughs> I know who he is. Yes, he hangs out on Facebook. He's an interesting person because actually his mother, Mary, has ran for um, mayor in Cumberland multiple times on an anti-fluoride ticket. Wasn't she the mayor, though? At one point? No, she was never the mayor. Okay. I know Brian Grimm was the mayor. Yeah, and, and actually, we're going to talk about him in a minute. Yeah. He's still very active locally. Um, but anyway, Bernie is an associate. He gets on the WCBC radio station. He says that, you know, the men on the board need to get these ladies in check and take control. Um, he said, he bashes Teresa McMinn, who's the digital editor of the Cumberland Times News and who published that article about face masks. Um, he says that the reason these women are feel, fe feel free to speak their minds is because we don't have fathers in the household anymore. Um, later, they, they talk about, I'm sorry, they don't. A different person calls in whose name, if you can believe this, his legal name is Robin Hood Constitution. He's running legal for name? a city council seat in Cumberland. <laughs> he calls into the radio and says um, that he thinks probably the two women on the Board of Education go commando, but they might wear thong underwear. I mean, this is what's going on on a Thursday morning, or actually maybe it was Friday, it was a Friday morning on the radio station in Cumberland, Maryland. This is the kind of conversation you're hearing. Um, it, 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 you would so forgive my incredulity, and I maybe that was your similar reaction. But are the radio hosts what? First of all, what kind of shows are they saying these are? So, if it were a a news program, a newscast like an NPR show, or is it like a talk radio kind of right wing in the same mold as a Hannity Rush Limbaugh style? So the radio station does actually throughout the day play Hannity and, and Rush Limbaugh. So you mm. kind of get the idea of the flavor of the radio station. Um, but this particular news um, or this particular segment, uh, which is run by Dave Norman, who also owns the radio station, mm. purports itself to be news. And in fact, this is further confirmed by, as they're talking about the Board of Education race, for example, they keep asserting that Dave Norman is the only news outlet covering the Board of Education election fairly. So he he says, you know, that he's, uh, you know, providing news. In my opinion, um, it's really more punditry. I, I don't really see them ever breaking any news or anything like that. Um, but, you know, 
he sees himself as news and I think people get tricked into thinking that he is. So they're making these comments on, as you described, and what's the reaction from the community? Are they supportive? I can't imagine that Allegheny County, even though it's culturally conservative, would be supportive of sexist comments aimed at a female Board of Education member over a story for wearing a mask during the middle of a global pandemic, right? kind of be wrong unfortunately because um in fact people described tammy fraley as vindictive that this was all a political ploy of hers um that she should stop fighting like a child you know and that to some Hmm. extent she deserved this response because she had um you know given a, a statement to the times news about this mask situation and you know I don't know. I mean, does it make any sense logically? No, that she deserves to be talked about that way on the radio station for giving a factual report that no, they're not wearing masks when they ought to be. Of course, that doesn't make any sense. But I think uh, sexism and misogyny is so uh, internalized here um, that even some women are like, yeah, well, she shouldn't have opened her mouth in the first place. That sort of thing. You know, it's a it's a culturally conservative area, but I I think we are at a point in our nation's history where we have a reckoning with our culture, meaning that it's not okay to talk about women like that. It's not okay to speak in that manner. And it's not okay. There's a lot of things that these guys are saying that it's not okay. In Cumberland, in the city of Cumberland and in the that neck of the woods for local politics, state politics, other than the female elected board of education member. Are there many women elected in in that area? Yeah. So there is one um, city council woman in Cumberland, um, Lori Beth Marchini, who actually used to be on the board of education as well and was one of the victims of Wayne Foote's sexual harassment. So she also left the board of education and now is a city councilwoman. Okay. Um, We have a city councilwoman in... Frostburg named Nina Forsyth. And in Garrett County, there are at least one, but I think two women on the Oakland City Council. Yeah, Kate Smith, we had her on the show. Yeah, there we go. So, you know, um, in Allegheny County, other than the two uh, Board of Education members right now and one city councilwoman in each of the major municipalities, that's it. That seems low. I I look I'm looking at Hagerstown and someone I know and respect is about to become the next mayor of Hagerstown. Her name is Emily Keller. And we're talking a young female. We're pretty much at the same age. I think she's a, just a couple of months younger than I am. I'm 34. We're talking a single mom about to make history becoming I think the first female mayor of a major Maryland city. It's it's, 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 it's huge. I look at Cumberland as a place that is economically depressed, that is a, I think, a, a wholesome community, but some of that wholesomeness that we, that we characterize is also masked in racism, 
sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, and the list goes on. And that's unfortunate because there's some really good, honest, decent people in in that area. However, I, I'm disappointed to hear about this story occurring. Is it going to travel outside of Allegheny County as far as the news? I mean, you're this is a statewide podcast. We're, we're fortunate that a, a lot of people listen to this statewide. Has any other news media outlets picked this up to talk about it? No. And, you know, that's that's sort of the thing, I guess, because in, you know, there are a lot of really inspiring women. They may not be elected here in, in our county, but um, there's a Women's Action Coalition here, which um, boasts over 50 progressive members, and they are writing postcards and um, putting out policy sheets and voter registration drives. And I mean, there are a lot of really active, politically engaged women, um, lots of young women who are coming up, um, who, who are starting to speak out. Um, and, and there's finally an opportunity for them to take that mic. And, and to some extent, I think the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg will be this moment where hmm. women start to take the torch, you know, young women especially. So all of that is to say, I think one of the problems is that um, we don't cover this enough, you know, and the women I'm talking to will say, well, we don't really want to, um, we don't really want people to know that this is what's being said here because we don't want people in Annapolis to continue to see us as backwoods. I mean, that's one of the, the problems that people, uh, especially progressive folks in this part of the state say is that, you know, we feel like Annapolis treats us as country bumpkins, you know, that we're backwards. And our four representatives in particular, um, you know, Wendell Beitzel, George Edwards, uh, Jason Buckle, and Mike McKay really perpetuate that, that stereotype, if you ask me. And so we're in this position where we don't really want people to know that this is the stuff that's going on on our radio station because we want them to take us seriously. And But on the other side, you know, we really need people to kind of become aware that these are the obstacles that women are facing here, especially if they're trying to get into the political arena. Um, and and we, need, we need rural women in Annapolis and we need them in our city councils and we need them on our board of education. And how can we achieve that? Well, one way is to say, here are these obstacles, let's work on overcoming them. But Cassie, talk about that. Cassie, we see this happen not just in in Western Maryland, but I think that because this area of the state, again, it's undercovered, it's insular, and I can hear them now. <laughs> I know the attitude up there. Well, why are these liberals? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make any particular voice. I'm just. This is the voice that just comes to mind about how they sound when they're griping. Um, you know, why are these progressive, liberal, whatever you want to call the liberal media, fake news? The, you know, why is this minor guy covering what so he doesn't know anything about? It's like, okay, well, it it's statewide news. I could just hear them. You know, their their go to uh, responses. It's tropes. They're they're they they have these in the box criticisms that they they draw out uh, and it, it makes very little sense to me but 
These stories are important if it has to do with sexism, especially in our education system. What message are the male members of the Board of Education sending to young men in Allegheny County Public Schools? And that's that's concerning. And there's not a lot of students, but still, that doesn't send a great message. And this Miltenberger guy, I think he's a lawyer, too. I think... Uh, no, or, no, no. Um, there is a Milton... There's a family of lawyers here that are Miltenbergers. Um, they are not... They are not uh, of the same ilk. Ah. This particular Miltenberger is a florist. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's... The, okay, then it's... The, <laughs> it's the same guy that... Yeah, he's... Uh, the, the local florist there. Yeah, I, I wonder if he provides the flowers for Nick Scarpelli's funeral home. Uh, old Nick Scarpelli, I remember, ran in, what, 2014 for state delegate? Yeah. Mike McKay recently, we talked about this. There was some weirdness going on with his Facebook page and the, the QAnon stuff. Tell me about that. You you pointed that out to me. What, do you, what did you see and... Is, is Mike McKay aware of this? Yeah, so this was a July 4th sort of posting. Um, it was a political cartoon that depicted um, a QAnon um, figure who had a Q as a head. Um, someone described as a patriot, and I think it said it on their shirt or something. And then, uh, oh, Mike McKay, I'm not Mike McKay, excuse me, Mike Flynn and Donald Trump. So we've got these, this four group and they're crushing underneath their feet, um, someone with a, a COVID-19 mask, someone described as a globalist, um, and then maybe like hmm. Joe Biden or something like that. Um, but the cue was really what concerned me um, because, you know, we've seen, again, this was like July 4th. So we've seen, especially over the last two and a half months, the rise, the, the accelerated rise of QAnon. Now, um, President Trump is getting questions about QAnon, et cetera. Um, so I'm not friends with Mike McKay on Facebook um, and someone brought it to my attention and people were engaging with him about this. Like, hey, do you know what that is? Like, do you know what that's you know, signifying? And he really doubled down and just said, like, you know, uh, I don't necessarily believe in QAnon, but I think that the statement or the message behind this political cartoon um, is something I ascribe to. Um, it, it was alarming. Mm. Uh, I shared it on my own page. People were pretty concerned, um, in particular, the Jewish community in Western Maryland and in Cumberland is really strong. Um, a lot of civic and social leaders coming from that community and the globalist that was being crushed mm. in particular offended them because um, there's a long history of using the word globalist uh, as a slur against Jewish people, uh, which is to say you're not a patriot, you're not a nationalist because you have no home, um, but instead you're a globalist. We, we, George Soros, for example, is always called that. Yeah, that's a um, common insult leveled it there some of them may know that some of the people who use that others may may not but nonetheless there is that globalist term is that is laced with some anti-semitism in many circles and you can find it on the internet on 4chan you can find it on some of the these obscure places of the dark web or the deep or and even not so much and even in facebook groups and 
uh, and that's a contingency of President Trump's base, so to speak, that he refuses to denounce, which is, uh, as you, I'll use your words, alarming. Yeah, and you know, I think that sort of we can tie these two threads together because. Um, meaning the Board of Education and how women are treated and this situation with Mike McKay, because one of the reasons we don't have that counter narrative, why uh, people aren't covering the sexism, why they're not covering McKay is because um, really, I feel that progressives and liberals have kind of just decided, you know, we've lost in Western Maryland, we're not really going to dedicate resources to that. Um, and that really does include the media too. I don't think that the media is necessarily liberal, but I think that they're kind of just following along on this trend. And, you know, it didn't always used to be this way. Like 10 years ago in 2010, Kevin Kelly hmm. represented the 1B district and he was a Democrat. You know, this was not always this way. Yeah, conservative However, Democrat, but he was he was still a Democrat. And that's it's almost impossible. And you... You see someone like Neil Parrott running for Congress in that district. Have you seen Delegate Parrott campaigning up in Allegheny County? Yeah. Um, he spends a lot of time more in Garrett County. Um, he has a lot of supporters, strong supporters in Allegheny County. I think uh, Mike McKay being one of them, um, a former county commissioner here named Bill Valentine is a strong supporter. I, I and I know think who, yeah, they yeah. kind of do the work for him. But Neil does make it, especially to Garrett County. Um, he's been out with those folks a few times. It's interesting. Um, you say that Mike McKay is a strong supporter of Delegate Parrott running for Congress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because my understanding is Mike McKay has had a a somewhat... I don't know what their relation, their personal relationship is. That is Mike McKay and Neil Parrott. But Mike McKay, at least when we'd had discussions, seemingly viewed Delegate Parrott with skepticism and being it as an ineffective delegate. And I'm not putting words in Delegate McKay's mouth. That would be unfair. But my understanding, based on my conversations with him, was that he wasn't a uh, a strong ally or friend. However, politics change. They make strict, strange bedfellows. I know they're both Republicans, of course, but I don't... Yeah, it, The fact is is that Delegate Parrott is very unlikely to win this this race uh, against David Trone. Yeah, so, you know, Ryan, you know, you might have a better read on that than me. One of the reasons I've, I sense that um, McKay is a supporter is that on primary election day in Allegheny County, there was only one polling place because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But I went there um, and he was with um, uh, Delegate Parrott's uh, sort of supporters and, and, you know, hanging out with them in this sort of like grassy area nearby. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, you know, that he would spend his afternoon there with those folks. But um, that is, you, you probably have more firsthand knowledge on that, but I'm glad you mentioned, um, Congressman Trone. Congressman Trone was in Western Maryland last week. Uh, he came for the ribbon cutting of the Allegheny County Democratic Central Committee headquarters. Um, and while he was there, uh, while he was in town, he met with several constituencies and whatnot. Um, but something that happened during that ribbon cutting is, 
is um, at least two different folks said, you know, we really feel like Democrats in Maryland have left us behind. In the 2016 election, they couldn't get any signs for Hillary um, uh, and Kane. They really don't feel like they're in touch with the party statewide. Um, I had some firsthand experience with Maya Rockamore Cummings that really was in the same vein, um, where it was just like, you know, um, Democrats, are you coming to Western Maryland? Do you care? You know, um, looking at Ben Jealous's numbers, he got less than 4,000 votes from Allegheny County in 2018. Um, in 2014, Anthony Brown got over five. You know, we Democrats in, in Western Maryland are not losing voters. They're losing organizing power. You know, they, there is no counter narrative there. Um, so... What that brings us to, though, is Brian Grimm. Good yeah. Brian Grimm. Yeah, so let's talk about Brian Grimm, the former mayor. I think he re- was a Democrat, lost to a Republican. And Brian Grimm, I don't call, I would never consider Brian Grimm to be a a, a, a far per- left-wing progressive and forgive the characterization, but that's, and I'm, I'm just simply using how the right would characterize him, but I saw him as a moderate middle of the road kind of guy, a, a small town mayor. So you're right that, um, that Brian is a Democrat and the new mayor of Cumberland, um, who beat Brian like two to one. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was pretty sad is a Republican yeah. mayor. Ray Morris is a Republican, but that race is nonpartisan. Yep. So that, you know, to some extent, I want to just mention that because I I think there were different things playing there than than simple partisanship. Um, but Brian is here, um, pretty much running the Dem- Democratic Central Committee. Has really devoted a lot more of his time to that now that he's not the mayor. Um, I, he has more time probably. Um, but yeah, he he opened the headquarters here in Cumberland last week and. Uh, is working really, really hard um, to to connect Democrats in Western Maryland to the party at large. Um, and uh, no interest in running for mayor again, I hear. <laughs> Was it every two or four years? Um, yeah, Mayor Morris, will his seat will be up in 2022. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know that uh, that was... That was uh, tough, uh, you know. A Democratic mayor, or I know he's a Democrat, but it's you're right; it's nonpartisan. Um, you know, Allegheny County is overwhelmingly Republican. It, you look at the numbers in the sixth district. Look at the numbers in statewide, you know, the gubernatorial race. Look at the numbers. You know, if a Democrat ran for a seat for state delegate against one of the incumbents, whether it be Wendell Beitzel, um, Mike McKay, or Jason Buckle, they're not likely to come out on top. Well, that's the thing, is that in 2018, that did happen. Jason Buckle faced a very serious Mm. challenger in Penny Walker. Yeah. Super well-known local woman, um, works in legal aid, so, uh, you know, an attorney, Um, campaigned her heart out, really had a lot of support, especially from those women's groups like the Women's Action Coalition that I talked about earlier. Um, And I mean, I really thought she had a fighting chance Mm -hmm. and still lost pretty much two to one. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, 
Um, sometimes in Allegheny County, it feels like if you have a D next to your name, just forget it. Hmm. And, and again, it did not always used to be that way. Um, it, in 2010, actually, that same, that same election, Kevin Kelly's last election, there was a county commissioner candidate who came within 140 votes um, of, of getting a seat in the county commission. And so I don't know exactly, but it's this issue of counter narrative really for me. I, I feel like um, there are so many stories going underreported that really deal with transparency. Um, we have some issues in very small local elections. For example, the Frostburg city election, there's no campaign finance disclosure. So you can, you can donate to somebody anonymously not just anonymously they don't ask for how much you raised from who from any i mean there's there's no accounting whatsoever so there's these issues of transparency that if we you know as journalists um, and as people who are concerned about this can open those stories up um maybe that is the counter narrative but at least it you know creates the soil for a counter narrative where people can start to have conversations about this stuff cassie in your professional experience and opinion how do people in western maryland consume news is it primarily through the cumberland times news is it through the radio is it television i know they have a different media market is it through podcasts is it through magazines where do people get their news locally facebook facebook okay yeah so um without giving them like too much hype on your podcast there's a a local <laughs> sort of um police scanner um facebook page called cumberland on patrol i promise you there's a a significant portion like 15 to 20 percent of people that that's where they get like like all their news. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you know, really skewed towards sort of like crime reporting and, and um, some, I mean, they'll share things like uh, spaghetti dinners or things like that. Oh, too, that's nice. But yeah. Really like skewed that way. Um, I think as we talked at the top of the interview, WCBC radio um, is piped into a lot of people's homes. I listened to it on the bus as a kid. Um, so I think that's one way. And then the Cumberland Times News, um, it's a wonderful paper. I, and I really want it to improve. I'm, I'm really dedicated to seeing it improve. And um, I, they've hired two new reporters um, in the last year to year and a half who are really young, who I think have a lot of room to grow. Um, so they don't pay very much. I know that. One more time. I said they, they don't pay very much. No, no, they don't. That's really tough. Enough. Thank goodness the cost of living is so low here. But um, so what I, I guess to answer your question, I think a lot of people, it's Facebook. It's really Facebook. And, you know, there was this great New York Times article about how the silent majority is on Facebook, hmm. you know. And so I think that's kind of the, the deal here, too, which is why I dedicate so much of my time to creating Facebook content, because um, even even um, progressives, it, it's not skewed politically. I think people in Cumberland love Facebook. Well, the good news about a minor detail podcast is that we're live on Facebook. <laughs> the even better news is, is that I'm going to post uh, process this whole entire podcast and put it out there for the entire world to listen to, especially our segment. I'm going to actually break it up. So 
My hope is, Cassie, that you become more part of our show. I want you to, I would love for you to be a Minor Details Western Maryland correspondent and uh, to come on much more often because news up there is undercovered. There's stories that the rest of the state would have no idea that is happening in, in Allegheny. No one would have known unless it was for you and, and, and maybe a few other reporters um, that this Board of Education thing is going on. And I think this is a big deal. I think it speaks to the a, a more of a national narrative, too, about how women are treated, how uh, these these comments are being made in the context of politics, the context of um, the, the of COVID-19 and over a, a statement about who wears a mask. And. I'm sure there's people like Mr. Milton Berger that I hope he wears a mask. I mean, he's a florist and he has a business. Would I, I would hope that he wears a mask around people. I would say he does not. I mean, he first of all, he calls it a muzzle. A muzzle. Um, a muzzle. And um, one of the, the two who weren't wearing a mask, Dr. David Vaughn. Um, doctor is in medical doctor or Ph.D.? So that's the issue. He's a chiropractor, which is, you know, a totally like reputable profession for sure. Uh-huh. But he's not an immunologist. You know what I mean? Like it's not. So to some extent, Mr. Moltenberger will always be like, well, he's a doctor, you know, uh-huh. Dr. Bond knows best. And I'm like, well, he knows best about a lot of things, but not about <laughs> virus mitigation. Hmm. Mr. Moltenberger's expertise is in, in what exactly? Mr. Miltenberger, he's got an MBA from Frostburg State. I saw that. I, I knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, I... And his I, MBA I in floral to, arrangements. Yeah, well, I tried to add him on Facebook. I didn't get accepted, so... Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there. Um, any other stories that we should know about that the rest of the state should be following in Allegheny or Garrett or... Uh, in in Mountain, Maryland. It, look, Frostburg's a cool town. I love Frostburg. Uh, Garrett County, we always used to go to the Autumn Fest, and I don't know if that's going to be on this year. Um, no? No. Um, so, unfortunately, because it's... Um, it, I mean, you can still drive up here and enjoy the, that's the right. scenery. Yeah. And, I, in fact, I, I hope people do this time of year. You know, it's so beautiful here. And you, if you haven't made it to Western Maryland, you should come and check it out for yourself and, and see downtown Cumberland and, and forever think that it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. But in terms of things coming up, um, definitely uh, looking towards dealing with this campaign finance disclosure issue locally. Um, but that's not really going to be like until a you know, next year, 2021, 2022, before we see movement on that. Um, We have a lot of social justice folks um, working really hard. There's um, a really reacted, um, reinvigorated NAACP chapter here. Um, So I'm I'm looking to see some stuff come out about them and and their movements. Um, On the political side, I think everyone's just holding their breath for the national election at this point. I think um, the Board of Education is really the only contentious race um, or even really um, serious race locally because all of our county commissioners um, are midterm. We just reelected McKay and Buckle uh, and Beitzel. So really it's the city council race in Frostburg's already been decided that happened in June. 
Uh, the one in Cumberland is, I think, pretty much a done deal. I don't think Robin Hood Constitution um, is gonna is gonna get a seat. Unfortunately, ah. he's got a he's got a bad habit of not wearing shoes, um, and now he's got pink hair too. So hmm. I don't I don't think he's fitting the demographic of most of the electorate. Um, Robin Hood Constitution. He legally changed his name to that. For real. I'd like to see his signature. Oh, I'm going to get you one. I'm going to ask for one. I would like to see his signature. Cassie Conklin, what is your, if people want to follow you and learn a little bit more about yourself and what is going on up in Western Maryland, what's your Twitter handle? At Conklin underscore Cassie. At Conklin underscore Cassie. And they can find your work in multiple publications. But I tweet it all, you know, so yeah. as it comes out, people can see it. I will say there is another Cassie Conklin. She is a writer as well. Oh. She lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, but if you end up on her page and you're struggling to find me, I'm one of her followers. Oh, there you go. You can find other Cassie Conklin if you need to. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, especially for the first segment and now into the second about what the heck is happening in Western Maryland, especially in Cumberland and Garrett. Um, and uh, I think I think we need to know more. I think we need to hear these stories. I think we I, I love having a journalist on to talk about the news. Uh, I try to have people from all over the state. Maybe my next goal will be to get someone from up in Cecil County, the Cecil Whig. Uh, there's Cecil County has a lot of interesting news. I think you've followed some of my Twitter. <laughs> you know, there's always something to talk about in Cecil County. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for all that you cover. I'm sure that uh, you're. it's not easy having limited coverage in a place like that, but you get to stand out. You uh, and you get to tell people the news. You get to report on the news and unwind these these stories and help people like me understand what is happening in in a place that we may not uh, always follow more closely. So this is this is vital. Well, you need not worry. I will be sending you content. Don't you worry. Great. Um, if, you know, if people really want to know what's going on in in Western Maryland, especially Allegheny County. I am happy to talk about it. I want more people to talk about what's really going on here. So this has been an excellent opportunity. Thank you so much. Cassie, this is wonderful. You are fantastic uh, at what you do. I really appreciate you coming on tonight and spending some time and talking about, especially the, the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And as we said earlier, it's a somber moment. It's 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 tough because there's so much uncertainty with around this. And as I told my wife, it's... if this is like the the nuclear election if if something if we drew out 10 years ago everything bad that could happen in one year my god 2020 i think would be the year that we write about and it's just we need some relief we need a reprieve from this the madness from coronavirus from the administration's daily antics we needed uh, and and it's like if the worst possible situation could happen, it did. This is this is a uh, a cat five. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know the future and balance of the United States Supreme Court. 
We don't know how this election is going to turn out. And the polls, the only poll that I I trust polling because there's a mathematical component to it, right? There is a statistical component, which is proven science. It's, It's fact. There's a science to how we extrapolate data and find the aggregate of these numbers. So I, I'm confident that 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 polling is 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 accurate in the sense of, you know, real time snapshots of what's happening, but there are forty some days left. That's an eternity in politics. We don't know what's going to happen. And I am I, I'm I'm concerned for the future of our country. Uh, and yeah. Decent. You know, I, yeah. I want to say, though, that I totally, completely agree with you. You've said nothing I disagree with. But, you know, one way that we approach the future and that we've been remiss in is, you know, really building, um, you know, social capital within our our communities and really focusing on those local issues. You know, part of the reason, like, that the national zeitgeist is, is so prominent in our lives is because we're not paying attention to these smaller um, these smaller news stories or these, you know, developments, and we're not building those civic organizations. Um, I, I'm witnessing now this kind of rebirth of civic organizations, um, including even like the Garden Club of Frostburg, <laughs> and how there are groups that are really trying to reclaim what it means to be part of a community, because it's not just about being an American, it's about being, you know, part of, of your town. Um, and so, to some extent, you know, yeah, we're at this really tumultuous crossroads, you know, this apex of, of danger and, and potential violence and, you know, all kinds of, of things. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic, um, but we don't just win on November 3rd or we don't just win on November 20th, whatever winning looks like to you. Um, you know, we really need to reconsider how we're going to approach being Marylanders, being um, Americans, being Cumberlanders from now on. Um, and, and so if anything, you know, I'm thinking about how I might honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the future. And to me, I, I'm turning my attention to my neighbors and really thinking about rebuilding that, that fabric. Um, and I did want to mention, I'm so sorry to add one last thing. No, 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 please. But there is um, a candlelight vigil for Ruth Bader Ginsburg tomorrow in Cumberland, Maryland. It's at 8 p.m. Um, hosted by the Democratic Central Committee, um, and it should be a really good time. If if anyone here out there is listening and really needs to be with people um, and have that moment of mourning for you know an icon, um, please, you are more than invited. Well, Cassie Conklin of Cumberland, of Frostburg, of Western Maryland, who covers news and politics and breaks down the culture you can find her on twitter again what's your twitter handle at conklin underscore cassie conklin underscore cassie you can find her there please follow her and continue to follow her work cassie thank you so much for your time this evening i look forward to having you back on very soon i look forward to following your your work and i will be uh be keeping a close eye on this Board of Education race. So thanks again for coming on. Talk to you next time. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, folks. Um, We are wrapping up the show. Talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the first segment. Good discussion with some very prominent women in 
Montgomery County. I appreciate them coming on and keep a close eye on them. Keep a close eye on their careers. And the second half, we talked to Cassie Conklin, who's a journalist up in Western Maryland. She's covering lots of good, well, I don't want to say good. She's covering lots of news and things that we, news that we should be aware of that we may not always be. You should be aware of a Minor Details newsletter, aminordetail.com slash newsletter. I'm on Twitter at Ryan R. Minor, and you can follow me. See, right up here. I'm trying to point to it. The camera is opposite, so I have to mirror it and go to the opposite direction. I'm at Ryan R. Minor, and I am on uh, Twitter on a minor detail, which is at a minor detail. Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, that's what they call them now, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, I think I'm on Pandora. I'm on pretty much every podcast syndicated directory. And we upload the audio version. We'll also upload on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ryan Minor. Please give us a like there and uh, promote this podcast. Like it, share it. And uh, if you want to give us some money, <laughs> you know, we, we do this on the cheap. But if you want to give us a few bucks, if you go to my website, aminordetail.com, You'll see the little donate button for PayPal, and uh, we, you can give us some money. You can help support the cause of local journalism. You could help support the cause of a local media shop, and we spend it everything on promoting the news and to get out the message. So I appreciate your time tonight. Follow us on Facebook at A Minor Detail. On Twitter again, aminordetail.com is the website. Thank you all for listening. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy this weather. Bundle up. Maybe a a coat. My wife and I were down in St. Michael's and it was a little chilly out there today. So that's Maryland in the fall. You can't beat it. So uh, have a happy week, everybody.